to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. I've been really enjoying this series. Like Marla said, we only have one more week left of zoo theology. Um, and when we, when we were planning this series early last year, uh, I said, look, I really want to do this series, but I don't want it to be kitschy, and I don't want it to be shallow. I don't want it to be like, the Bible talks about lions, rawr. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be like that. Um, and so, but it has been surprisingly deep over the last few weeks and surprisingly given us really beautiful insights on how we are to live with ourselves, with God and one another. And I've been in really loving this. Now, here's, uh, I want to give you a sneak peek on where we're headed next. Uh, this fall, I am so excited about the new series that we are launching September 3rd called Influencers. And we are going to be spending eight to nine weeks going through just one chapter of the scriptures Hebrews 11. And we're going to be taking a look at these individuals who lived heroic lives of faith and influenced uh, hundreds, if not millions of people by the decisions that they made. Every single one of us are influenced by someone or something, and every single one of us are designed to be an influence in the world. Whether you believe that or not, I promise you, you are. And we live in a culture where influence is like a new capital, that we, 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 we deal in how many Instagram followers do we have, and how many people are following us, and how many people can we influence, and who is influencing me, and who, who do I want to influence me through podcasts or books or YouTube, and we deal in a currency of influence. And over those eight weeks, we are going to be having a conversation around what it looks like to harness the spiritual influence that we have been given by looking at the lives of individuals who harness that influence in their own lives. And so here's what I'm going to ask. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I'm going to preach to the online choir as well. September 3rd, we know it's Labor Day weekend, but here's what we're going to request. We're going to request that you make a commitment to be here every Sunday. I, I know, it's awesome. So, and Because here's the thing. We live in a world where showing up and being faithful is a rare thing. About 3% of people who call themselves followers of Jesus show up to church once a month. Uh, and most people, like 97% right now, kind of make it an extracurricular activity. It's like, oh, we might go to the beach. We might have brunch. We might go to church. And our longing starting September 3rd is that being together would be a practice that we start engaging on a regular basis. That we would treat this like we would work. I mean, most of us don't wake up on Monday morning going, ah, oh, what do I have on the calendar? You know, maybe work today? What do you think, honey? You know? <laughs> and for some reason, uh, when it comes to gathering together, it's a lost art. And I say it's a lost art because study after study after study has shown that there is something about being in person, seeing one another, looking each other in the eye, and actually gathering together. And I was actually just reading an article this morning that talks about people who actually attend a normal gathering 
for their faith um, at least twice a month, have lower heart conditions, their health is better, they actually make more money, they're categorically happier. Um, So there's all these actually health benefits to it that people have known for years. And so starting September 3rd, I know some of you may already have Labor Day plans, that's okay, cancel them and be here. Uh, But... (laughs) We are going to start a brand new series called Influencers that I am super excited to engage, and it's going to be really unique. That's all I'm going to say about our time together with that. But let's jump into our conversation today. You know, when I work with individuals as a coach or in mentoring or in a spiritual capacity, there are certain indicators that I look for to let me know if someone's actually moving towards a space of health. And so I listen for these indicators when talking, when coaching, when engaging with people to see, are they actually moving towards a space of health or are they uh, moving towards a space of decay? And there's certain indicators that you can look at. Like one is, are people keeping their promises? Are people actually doing what they say they're going to do? Are they living a life of integrity? Do people have a clarity and a passion around the vision that their life was designed to live? Are are they excited about it? Do they know what that is? Are are they courageous in their communication with the people that they love? Are they actually saying the things that need to be said to move their life forward? Are they bringing things into the light or are they keeping things hidden in the dark? Are they they living a confession? professional life, or do they feel like they have to have their life together? Are they pursuing community rather than isolation? But there's one of the most powerful indicators that lets me know if a human is moving towards health, that that lets me know if I'm moving towards a space of health, is our mindset around resource and how that impacts how we see our purpose here in this life. That, That if you can notice how we relate to resource and how that impacts our purpose, it transforms everything. And when I talk about resource, I'm not just talking about physical resource. I'm talking about everything that we've been given, energy, time, love, of course, our money, the people, the relationships that we find ourselves in, and how we relate to those things. So I want to actually dive into that this morning. There's a proverb that I came across a few weeks ago that I, I'm sure I've read before, but I didn't remember. And it says this in Proverbs 30, 15 through 16. The leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, land which is never satisfied with water, and fire which never says enough. So this week's animal is the leech. And in case you have lived under a rock, a leech is a worm-like substance that leeches on to its host, and it's constantly, constantly draining the blood from their host. It is constantly eating in that. And unlike other animals that eat and then are finished with their meal and then move on, the leech just keeps leeching. There's never enough. They're constantly sucking. They stay attached to their host and they will eventually either drain them of their blood or they will keep eating while the host keeps producing blood and they stay attached in that moment. there's, There's never enough. There's just more blood to consume. And this animal has such a powerful impact that it's actually become a verb that we say you are leeching or that you are, are in a space where you are a leech in there. It's actually a metaphor. When we say someone's a leech, we know exactly what we're talking about in the middle of this. And a man named Augur writes this proverb, not Solomon. And, and he says, the leech cries out, give, give. You know, there's nothing more annoying when my kids use this phrase, give me, 
I hate it. I just hate it so much. And usually it's between one of my two boys or when they're not wanting to share. And there's this give me attitude in this. And this is what the leech does. It demands. It demands its needs. And there is a constant demanding of what it needs in the moment. There is no collaborate, collaborate. There is no share, share. There is no create, create. There is just give, give. Because they're in a constant state of needing. And, and there is only one mindset that looks out at the world and demands something from others, and that is this leech-scarce mentality. See, the only space that a leech can be in is taking from someone else. And when we find ourselves in this mindset, we find ourselves thinking, I don't have enough, so I need to take from someone. The problem is that just like with the leech, when we find ourselves in this mentality, there is never enough to actually fulfill the need that's inside of us. We are just constantly in a space of taking. When we look out, all we see is that there is more to take in this. And have you noticed how, how contagious a scarcity mindset is? Have you noticed how, how contagious a leech mentality is? I mean, all it takes is a few people saying, the economy is collapsing, there's not enough money, and everyone pulls back in and goes crazy. All it takes is a handful of people saying, our culture's gone to hell and everyone's gone crazy. I need to pull my kids out. I need to make sure we pull back. I need to disconnect myself from everything and I need to make sure that we're safe because there's not enough protection of the world around me. We, we find a few people say, be careful. Be careful about giving too much or serving too much because you might burn out because there's not enough energy to go around and then people start pulling back in there. Don't trust, too pe- don't trust people too much. They might let you down and you're gonna find yourself without trust and so we pull ourselves back from what we are called to give ourselves to. And this is why, by the way, the leech has two daughters, because the leech never comes by itself. The leech always creates community, and it reproduces itself everywhere that it goes. And Augur gives us these four examples where there is never enough in nature along with this. He says, the grave, because death consumes everything, that we are not invincible. The grave just keeps taking and taking and taking He says, a barren womb. There's nothing more painful than walking someone through infertility because it steals dreams and it steals hopes and desires and there's this constant reminder of what we don't have or what's not available to me. He says, land, which is never satisfied. Have you noticed that you have to keep watering your lawn? Isn't that annoying? This last month, our sprinklers died on me. I didn't know that because we water our lawn in the middle of the night. All I just noticed was the lawn starts going brown, right? And I realized, oh, we actually have to keep watering the lawn if we want to have a green space out here. And, And the land is never satisfied. You don't just water the lawn and then it's done. It's a constant process. It needs more and more. And then it says fire that constantly consumes. And we've seen the devastation that has taken place in Maui as fire just ravishes everything that comes in its past. And it cries, there's never enough. I always want more. I always need. I will take whatever comes my way. And they continually cry out, give, give. And Augur says, if we're not careful, we will actually find ourselves in this mindset That if we're not vigilant about how we engage life, our perspective on how we see the world, we will follow suit with these things here. Here's the interesting thing that I found for myself and so many other people is that no one ever thinks they're the leech. No no one ever actually recognized that they're leeching. It always requires feedback from someone else and then an open heart to actually recognize, oh yeah, I found myself taking in life. But what I have found is that this leech mindset that cries, give, give, it creeps in subtly. 
There's a subtle nature to it that slowly, slowly moves in. See, people actually don't know they have a leech on them until someone tells them you have a leech on you or they see it. Usually people are going about their business and there's a reason why because leeches in their saliva actually have antiseptic. So when they suck onto you, there is an antiseptic that numbs your skin so that you do not know that there's a leech on you sucking the blood out of your body. And so people can go on for days sometimes not knowing that there's a leech stuck to them somewhere. Animals can go on their entire life not knowing there's a leech stuck to them because the saliva is constantly numbing the area. And the same thing goes for our own scarcity, for our own taking mindset, is that we can actually find ourselves there and be so numb to it that we have no idea it's taking place. So how do we actually get there? How do we get to the space that we become the leech? And more importantly, how do we recognize it when we find ourselves there if we're oftentimes so numb to it? This is how I notice it often reveals itself in, in me and in the conversations that I have with so many people. It reveals itself in what we complain about and how we hold our power. Usually those are the spaces that reveal where we have become the leech because what we chronically complain about reveals to us where we have decided or see that there is not enough. See, almost all chronic, chronic complaints come from a give me, give me mindset in some way, shape, or form. I mean, think about all of your chronic complaints that you find yourself in at life. Your chronic complaints about people and what they should or shouldn't be doing, about work, about what work is and what it isn't and what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, your chronic complaints about your body, your chronic complaints about time, your chronic complaints about energy, your chronic complaints about God, about money, about culture, about politics. All of the chronic complaints that we find ourselves in, and in all of them, something is missing. There's a deficit of something in the middle of this. There's something that we want that is not there. There's something that we need that we are trying to get. There is something that should be there and it's not. And all of them are a revelation of an area where we're living in a deficit, which is why we demand something through our complaints. We're longing to have a need met that's, it, that's find itself there. Now, I am not, what I'm not saying is that the world is all as it should be and there are not things that need to transform. But that is different from a complaint, See, recognizing that there are things that needs to change is different from a chronic complaint because a chronic complaint says, I see it, but I'm not going to be the solution. I notice it, but I have no interest in giving myself to what is needed to change or to transform. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to have whatever happens to have this thing change. We don't want to do that, so we complain about it. And we give up our power to actually do anything about it. See, on the contrary, we complain because at some level we believe we are powerless to engage in that. We don't have what we need to affect change in those spaces. Or it is not our really responsibility to change or to be generous or to provide what is wanted and needed to change in those areas. I mean, just think about it. Just think about it for just one second. We don't complain about the things that we have the power to change and the resources to change. We just go change them. We go do something about them, right? We, the things that we actually recognize, oh, I have power, I have the ability to, to transform this, we just go do them. We may not like them, we don't, but we don't chronically complain about them, right? 
We, we, we complain about the laundry, but then we go do it. We complain about the dishes, but then we go clean them. We complain about filling up the car, but then we go do it because we have the power to change in those areas. But think about all the areas in your life where you feel stuck. Those areas where you have that chronic complaint, maybe not verbally, but in your mind, that constantly lives there. I would wager to say that that conversation probably sounds something like this. I actually don't have the power to transform this. So there's a scarcity around power. I don't have the resources to transform this, so there's a scarcity around resources that are available. I don't know what to do in this situation, so there's a scarcity around knowledge that's available to you. I don't need to change. They need to change. They need to do something. They need to transform, and so there's a scarcity around what other people are willing to do or not do, or it's not my responsibility to transform. And there's a scarcity around energy and motivation or where we oftentimes find ourselves in the midst of this is I don't really care and there's a scarcity around passion there's a scarcity around willingness to suffer for whatever it is that we say we long for all of these operate from a deficit and what they eventually do is create a space inside of us that says give me give me because I don't have what I need to transform this Someone else has the power, and I need to take it from them in my complaint. Someone else has the resources, so I need to extort it from them in my complaint. Someone else has the knowledge, so I need to take it from them. Someone else has the responsibility. Give me, give me. Someone else needs to fix this. Give me, give me. And so we find ourselves in our chronic complaints living powerless and not knowing what to do. And we cry, there's never enough. It's always going to be the same. There's no place that this gets satisfied within me. And here's how you know this actually is not a power or resource conversation in the middle of this. Because how many of you know people who get actually what they want or what they need and then they find something else to complain about? You know what I'm talking about? Let's just be honest. How many of you are those people, right? <laughs> how many of you, you're like, man, I got the finances that I need. Now I'm complaining about my relationships, right? I fixed my marriage and now I'm complaining about my job over here because there's never enough. It cries, give me, give me, give me because this is not a resource problem. This is a perspective conversation. See, and here's the place that we eventually end up in is that we become mad at God because God eventually isn't who he said he was going to be. That, that he didn't give us the resources needed to transform, to fix, to move whatever area it is in our lives that was supposed to be moved in the middle of this. And I love what Paul has to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We've been studying Philippians in our humanity group. And it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, what I love about stepping into a relationship with Jesus is he invites us to transform our perspective. He invites us out of this leech, leech, give me, give me mentality in here. And when I operate from this framework that, okay, God is actually going to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory, 
right? Not according to his deficit or according to the little that he has or according to the little cool, cool things that he wants to give me. According to his riches and glory, this is the bank that he is operating from to give to me in the middle of this, that God is provider and he is always providing. There is nothing that he can do beside that. There is no need to demand from someone else or something else because I am connected now intimately in relationship with the provider who has all the riches and all the glory and he longs to provide for me. And there is something powerful about passionate surrender to the God who says, look, I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory, who is generously supplying in the midst of all of this. Now notice Paul does say, God wants to supply all your needs, right? <laughs> not all your demands and not all your wants, See, if you can't find the resource, if you're stuck in a space where like, I can't find the resource, I, 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 I don't know where it is, and I recognize that there are complaints, chronic complaints in my life where I'm crying, gimme, gimme, and you're like, I can't see the resource, it's really hard. There's usually a number of reasons why. It's not because God isn't providing, it's usually because we are committed to something else. Usually for me, it looks like this. I don't want to see it, and so I would rather stay the leech. Look, how many of you have ever been there? Look, it's just, it's just it, look, let's be honest. It's comfortable to be the leech, right? You just have to sit and suck. That's it. <laughs> and that's all the leech has to do. And sometimes we're like, this is easier. I don't know if I want to go through all the pain and the suffering and the work to engage the resource with God because God says, look, I will give you all the resources, but it's your responsibility to take it and run with it. Sometimes like, yeah, I'd rather just sit and suck. So sometimes we can't see the resource because the resource that God is giving us actually looks like a problem. See, sometimes God comes to us and says, I need you to have this conversation with this person. I need you to forgive. I need you to have a difficult conversation that you're not willing to have. I need you to go outside of your comfort zone. I need you to step into this situation or this place. I need you to give up the current resource that you have to grab onto this new resource. And we look at it and go, this is a problem. This is not okay. This is dangerous to me. This doesn't feel good. I don't like this. And so God's saying, actually, this is all the resource you've been longing for and we're unwilling to access the resource because the resource shows up like a problem. Or usually what God is doing is that he's giving us the resources for what we need, but we're so committed to what we want that we can't even see the resources. See, if you can't see the resources, sometimes the question is, God, what are these resources for that you're calling me into? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten on a phone call with a mentor or a coach or a spiritual advisor, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna work on the bottom line here in this financial area that I wanna transform and have something new in, and like five minutes into our conversation, it's like, oh, what God actually wants to do is transform my relationship with Marla. And oh, all the resources that God's been giving me are for this not for this, but crazily enough, if I'm willing to fix this, God will also provide all that I need for this as well. And so if I'm willing to ask God, God, what are these resources for? What is it that you're calling me to engage in? What is it that you're calling me to give myself towards? Then we will find ourselves releasing this mentality of give me, give me, and stepping into this new space. See, a leech takes what it needs by force, and it becomes a destructive presence, not only to itself, but to everyone else. But when we shift our relationship with Jesus and take on this mentality that he will provide all that we need according to his riches and glory, and we have all the resources available to us, we take on this posture now of receiving gratefully what is given. We take on a 
posture of receiving gratefully all that is available to us. And rather than becoming a destructive force in the world, we actually become a creative force in the world. We become a generative force in the world. We become the producers in the world rather than the consumers in the world. And we become those who move from give me, give me, to I get to be the person who gives. And this is the transformation that God calls us into. As he says, look, you can certainly be the leech, but your life will be consisting of sitting and sucking. And that will be it. And that will be the end of it. And there will never be enough and you will never be satisfied and you will constantly, constantly be looking for more. And like the grave or a barren woman or a land that needs more water or fire that consumes, you will constantly, constantly be in a space of lack and despair and hopelessness and anxiety trying to get your next fix. But what God is saying is, look, I am interested in you becoming a creative individual in the world to go transform every person, situation, circumstance that you find yourself in, that you become unstoppable with the gift that you were designed to give. And with that, love and peace and joy overflow so naturally because now my question is not, how do I get my next fix? The question becomes, how do I give myself to transform the world around me in the beauty that God has graciously provided out of his riches and glory. So here's what I'd like for you to discuss with one another. I want you to think about this. What's a chronic complaint of yours? Pick the biggest one, right? <laughs> What's the thing that you just find yourself constantly complaining about that you're just like, ah, oh, I constantly find myself saying, ah, oh, if this could be fixed, if this could change, I don't know, whatever it may be, just think about it. Think about the chronic complaint that you have. And what deficit or leech mentality is it revealing? Like, what's missing? Like, what's the, what's, the, what's the deficit that you're trying to make up for? Maybe it's, maybe it's peace. Maybe it's understanding. Maybe there's a financial deficit. Maybe, whatever it may be, I just want you to think, what, what, what deficit is it revealing in my life? What is it revealing that I've already decided that God's riches and glory are not enough for this area in my complaint about it? And then what resource do you imagine you see available through Jesus to transform this? Like if God was here today and say, hey, let's give up the complaint and let's start becoming a producer, what resource is he longing to supply to you to transform that area today so that you move from give me, give me to giver, giver in the world around you? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.